For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode uh, uh, 190 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wynn. And boy, oh boy, it seems like we both had a week this week, buddy. It, it, it has been a week. You, you're getting over strep throat? Yep, yep. I, I want you motherfuckers to listen to this. Listen to this right here. This man right here, Will, William Witten the Third, coming on the show with strep throat. He could have said, "Hey, man, I I need to take this week off. I got strep throat," and I would have been like, "Dude, totally." But no, he perseveres for you, for you guys, for you and your content. Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Help this man get some antibiotics. <laughs> I'm how, taking them currently. This is how we turn that around. Oh, man. Dude, I have had one of the most stressful weeks in recent recent history of halls, at least. Really? Yeah, and it's it's not been necessarily any one major thing. It's just been one of those little chips out of the armor weeks you know what i mean little thing here little thing there this thing goes wrong lose a client at work you know what i mean that just all sort of adds up piles up yeah man and so there's something that's been going on for a couple of months that will and i have known about that we haven't really talked about on the podcast because i wanted to make sure everything was in the clear and cool before we talked about it but our good buddy, Goose Payne, he of the Baloney Big Mac, had a major surgery this week. How is he? I have not called to check on him, but I, so, I was just kind of letting his family do his thing. Yeah, man. So, luckily for us, meaning Jesse and I, uh, he had his surgery here in Birmingham. So, we were able to go and spend some time with him and... He was good, man. I was I was real happy to see like 
He was, he seemed like, you know what I mean? Like, he seemed in high spirits. I'm sure he's glad to have, you know, this ordeal uh, mostly over. You know, there's there's a fairly long recovery process. Right. <laughs> I think he's going to be off of work for like four to six weeks or something. Yeah, um, that's what he told me. But he was hanging out. We, you know, we picked up some food and stuff and took it up there and hung out with him and Amanda for a little while and talked some video games with my buddy and he got to go home today so he only had to stay overnight one night in the hospital after his surgery and it's a huge dude it's a huge relief I have been so anxious and worried about Goose for the past well well, like I said what's it been two months three months right and uh, so I am I am going to definitely sleep a little easier at night knowing my buddy's all right. all right. Yeah, yeah, man. Definitely. So, everybody send out your good vibes to Goose. Um He's the patron saint of the podcast. We established that early on in the history. We <coughs> so. can't consume a bologna Big Mac without him being present. No. That's what you guys should do in in solidarity with Goose. Fucking make yourself a bologna Big make Mac. Make yourself a bologna Big Mac. How and how do you do that, you ask? Piece of bread, piece of bologna, another piece of bread, another piece of bologna, third piece of bread. You're forgetting the chips, chips and the hot sauce. Ah, chips, hot sauce. There you go. Mm-hmm. So um We got some cool stuff to talk about this week in the the realm of Star Wars. That's what I'm looking forward to do now, buddy. I need you to help me. I need to help have you help me wrap myself in the warm blanket embrace of Star Wars to kind of purge myself of sort of a shitty week. You know what I mean? I'm re- I'm ready to wrap you up. <clears throat> um but before we get to that, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Like I mentioned earlier, we have a Patreon where every Monday we release brand new bonus content. And we have a variety of shows. What, what do you mean a variety? Well, I'll tell you what I mean by a, by a variety. We got Oh No, It's Hall Solo. We got Cooking with Will. We got Blue Harvest Adventures with... Our buddy Robbo, Colleen, <clears throat> Jesse, Will, and myself all playing the West End Games Star Wars role-playing game produced immaculately by Robbo, my <coughs> And um, Star Wars Year by Podcast, which Steele and I recorded a new episode of last week, so you can ex- expect a new episode sometime fairly soon. And we got more coming. Jaws. All kinds of cool stuff. So, Oh no, it's all solo. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of cheated on the last Oh no, it's all solo and I had you join me, right? So I had to make it right this past weekend and do a true solo. A true solo. And dude, nowhere near as fun. Nowhere Whoa. near as fun as hanging out with my buddy and talking about swards. I think when you and I get together, it's hard to replicate that fun anytime. You know what? Um, 
our buddy Chris Fresh, who's going to be on the show. I'm going to probably, I've got him lined up, and then um, another special guest from one of my favorite Star Wars podcasts lined up. So we got some guests coming, and I want to get Chris on next week, and then we'll get our other guest the week after, I believe. But we got some fun stuff planned. Well, anyway, Chris Fresh messaged me, and he was like, man, that... I really enjoyed that uh, Oh No, It's Hall Solo with Will. It was, you guys were being real silly and talking about swords or something. I'm paraphrasing. And I was like, yeah, man, like that's the one thing. Like, Will and I in person, magic hour. Magical. Magic hour. All these other fucking, all these other dudes sitting around doing Star Wars podcasts, they don't know what it's like to, have a Will Witten sitting across from you. Feel that fucking I mean, electricity. When you sit right across from, when we sit right across from each other, it's magical. I know. And anything can happen. I know. And if you're wondering, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. <coughs> oh, and I think, you remember how last week I had to do a little one-on-one tech support on the air? For our yeah, buddy I remember. I think we may have gotten it mostly... Mostly straightened out. I hope so. Well, that's um, good. I tried in encoding in a different bit rate. He contacted the developers of the podcatcher he uses. So hopefully things are, are ironed out. Um, you know, I just want, if you guys are going through the trouble to listen to our Goofy show, I want it to be as uh, smooth. It's easy a, to listen to as possible. Yeah, smooth as a process as possible. So, like I said, we got some cool stuff to talk about this week as far as Star Wars. Nothing, well, I always feel like I, I, I say this. I like the phrase, nothing huge, but there's some cool stuff. Uh, why don't we start with what all Eric Foreman's been up to? Eric Foreman yeah. of that 70s show fame? No doubt Eric Foreman of that 70s show fame. Who, by the way, before we recorded, Will was... Bro, I would be blushing if Eric Foreman was in the room. Will was taking him to task. I might have been. Um, you know, a few years back, it's been a while back, you know, there was sort of this news story that was going around about how Topher Grace is his actual name, uh, edited all three of the prequel movies into one movie like one two two and a half hour movie and showed it at like a uh, I don't know I if it was a film festival or just like a him and his friends hanging out in his backyard but you know that's one of those things like I've never seen I don't think it's readily available well this week he and an editor buddy of his released a what would you call it like a Star Wars supercut trailer yeah, that's basically a super edit trailer. You yeah. Know, for, for the entire series, basically. Yeah, yeah. For all ten movies of the Star Wars saga that have been released thus far. And, dude, I gotta tell you... Honestly, well done. Yeah. I got fucking chills in certain parts. Very like, well done. <clears throat> yeah, and I love how he, he uses... Um, he incorporates like deleted scenes from yeah. ma- mainly I think from a new hope. A new hope, yeah. Um yeah, man. So well done and 
Like I dig the fact that it's just called Star Wars always cuz that's dude, that's me. You I my name should be Richard Star Wars always Burkhart. Oh. Welcome to episode 190 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Star Wars always Burkhart. You know what I mean? What if it were two words? Do you always. think always like think, I could have star like I could have all of them always. Do you think I me doing that freaked out a listener where they're like oh shit my podcast is looping probably not i don't know i hope not i hope not <clears throat> but yeah man i dig that i dug this video and it's not it's not uh you know that unique of a concept it's a fairly common thing to see sort of fan edits and and trailers like this like I remember one for maybe a year or so ago. Um, it started off with Luke and Obi-Wan in Obi-Wan's house. And he's talking about, you know, it's the scene where he's talking about serving with his father in the Clone Wars. And it did like a flashback to the prequels when, as he was saying it. Really well done. Really well done. So, But what I liked about this one is, like we were talking about, it, how it incorporated the entire saga. And honestly, right. like, I got to give old Eric Foreman this. Like, how is it that Lucasfilm isn't doing this sort of thing leading into episode nine? Maybe they will. You know, it's still early, but can you, I mean, like, that is some top tier promotion for the end of a saga, I think. Yeah, that's true. I think Lucasfilm is real worried about painting themselves in a certain direction and then having to switch directions. Mm, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're just they're playing the the secret promotion game like they normally do, you know? Really? Yeah, like I would say thus far the only oddity about the promotion of episode 9 is the fact that we don't have a title yet. Everything else seems to be exactly in line with how all the other movies have been promoted you know yeah <laughs> so i i really don't feel like it's anything like that i think it's just they're they're doing their normal thing as far as promoting a new an upcoming star wars movie jesse's coming up and threatening to push all the sample buttons while in the middle of me talking bam 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 Jesse, stop, please. We're trying to record. Jesse, Jesse, come on. I'm trying to record. Stop, stop. Come on. I like that. Come on, stop. Just causing havoc. I don't come up and... Okay. You wait until the next time you guys record. You're creepy. You heard of that's what she said while I was recording. Okay, yeah. Oh. Okay, that is true. I did have a that's... But, in my defense, I didn't think they were recording yet. I thought they were just chatting before recording. And... That was one out of 20 episodes. 19 episodes. I was close. <clears throat> so, good on you, Eric Foreman. Toe for Grace. <clears throat> um, good job, buddy. I, I, you know, what can I say? It was cool. You did a cool <coughs> Star Wars YouTube video. Dude, I'm not going to lie if uh if I get into the episode 9 panel and they had like a like before showing the episode 9 trailer, 
they showed something like that video, like to me, that's the perfect place to do something like that. It's like an appetizer. Yeah. Appetizer, if you will. <laughs> it's like the Copyright perfect. That. It's like when you go to like a, a Chili's or a, um, an Applebee's or, you know, where you can get like the appetizer sampler. Yeah. It's the perfect eight item or no, not a 10 item appetizer sampler. The, uh, the mambo combo. It's got cheese sticks and the Southwestern egg rolls and the fried pickles Ooh. and the queso. Ooh. See, you hit and me. And the potato skins. Yep. And boneless buffalo wings. And the boneless buffalo wings with and, the two different flavors. And the spinach artichoke dip. And the spinach artichoke dip. And this combo plate is like the size of your table. Yeah. Well, it's got to have 10 items on it. 10 items. Of, yeah. For each of the Star Wars movies. They're part of that trailer. Um, uh, The Bloomin' Onion. It's got a Bloomin' Onion on bloomin there. Bloomin' Onion. Half a Bloomin' Onion. Just fucking a whole bloomin' onion. This is like a hundred Blooming pearl onions. <laughs> pearl onions that have been bloomed, so they're like little mini bloomin' onions. See, that's a Will Witten idea right there. That's that's the kind of culinary genius you're dealing with with a William Witten. I don't know that we'll call it culinary genius. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I would beg to differ. <clears throat> so... um. The other thing, there was, I don't know, I was sitting on the couch last night doing work, and I started getting messages. It was right after we had we got home from the hospital. Um, so I think it was about 10 o'clock, and people were messaging me being like, you have any idea what this big Star Wars news is going to be at midnight? And I didn't even know what they were talking about, so a quick look at Twitter and, you know, some journalists were, were teasing that there was some big Star Wars stuff coming at midnight. And it turned out to be a massive reveal of information about Galaxy's Edge. Um, now. The upcoming <laughs> Star Wars park in Disneyland. Yes, Disneyland it's and Disney World. World. Uh, now, I don't know. We're not going to sit here and go through every piece. I don't honestly know how interested any of our listeners would be in listening to us talk about theme park stuff, but yeah, right. there is some cool stuff to talk about. Um, good buddy uh, over at Entertainment Weekly, Anthony Bresnikan, Professor Star War, um, he put out a huge, like, I don't know, eight-part article that was sort of split up about all the pertinent pieces of information right and he went into some information about the uh, millennium falcon ride that's coming and it sounds really cool like basically you're gonna be you know they they know uh it's gonna be like long lines and stuff so <clears throat> there's gonna be like a, a animatronic hondo anaka right from yeah. the Clone Wars. I saw a picture of him. Dude, I there's video of him in action. It is I now I understand what this whole uncanny valley shit is all about. It looks so crazy real. <coughs> like his movements and stuff like Right. 
has to be I don't know. I'm not like an animatronics expert, but as far as I've seen with my own two ojos, like the most advanced animatronic I've ever seen for a theme park, at least better than the presidents. You know, we didn't do the hall of presidents. That's a joke. They're not oh. very good. Okay. They're very <laughs> wooden. The wooden. I got you. Yeah. Well, you remember we did the Indiana Jones ride, right? Right. Right. And a couple of the Indiana Jones animatronics looked good. Like Indy himself. And then a couple of them did not look so good, right? right? So this one, to me, is even better than the best-looking one in the Indiana Jones ride. Right. Which is really all I can compare it to as as far as at least like recent visits to Disneyland go. Because as far as I can remember, that's the only ride that we rode that had like a true animatronic associated yeah. with it. They got away from that for a while. Yeah, like, uh, we didn't get to ride Pirates of the Caribbean because it was shut down, which actually bummed me out. I believe. Yeah, that actually bummed me out. Like, I was actually kind of looking forward to riding Pirates of the uh, Caribbean. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> dude, one of the coolest things about the Millennium Falcon ride, we've talked about it for, before, is, is you're going to be in, like, flight crews of six. Two pilots, two gunners, and two technicians, right? Right. And it's it's not like Star Tours where it's predetermined. You're actually flying the Millennium Falcon. So, like, you can crash. You can uh, miss taking out a TIE fighter and take damage that your technicians have to fucking repair, right? Oh, wow, yeah. You can go different routes. And the waiting area, like, so you get put into your flight groups and then you're basically put into uh the I don't know what you want to call it the living room of the Millennium Falcon where the chess table is and stuff yeah it's fully recreated and you can just like mill around and check that thing out oh wow dude i can't imagine how cool that's going to be like the ride sounds really cool being on this replica of the Millennium Falcon wow that sounds cool i just imagine you like five years from now with your checkbook and you're going up to disneyland and you're like look so how much does it cost to spend the night on the millennium falcon and they're like sir we can't let you spend the night on the millennium falcon and you pull the top off the pen and you flip the checkbook <laughs> open and you're and like i said how, how much, much to sleep on the millennium falcon <laughs> on that like that u-shaped couch you know the one that's by the chessboard the the Jarek board yeah dude um if i win the lottery i will <laughs> i will honestly try to talk jesse into moving into the star wars themed hotel in orlando you just live in the penthouse yeah and every day i'm living star wars honestly though, could could i really like you could make a living off like just like blogging and vlogging oh, your yeah. life every day in Star Wars. That's so not well. yeah, for sure, but I'm saying could I really be like Jesse, let's go live in Star Wars every day? I don't know. I don't know. Give, at least give it a year. Live in Star Wars for a year and we'll see what's happening after that. <clears throat> but so there's going to be this um this system where like through an app or something, I, I couldn't really grasp it. Um, an app on your phone 
people in the park can know what you're up to, whether you're an, a resistance person. So if you're like registered as being with the resistance, first order folks and stormtroopers will, will know and will fucking give you the business, right? And let's say, oh, wow. Let's say you, you go on the Millennium Falcon ride, right? And you fuck up the Falcon a little bit. You crash or get shot a little bit. And then afterwards, you're like, hey, let's go to the cantina and get a drink. The bartender will be like, uh, Hondo's not stoked with what you did on the Falcon. Or, Hondo, I heard you're an excellent pilot. Hondo told me you're an excellent pilot with what you did with the Falcon. You know what I mean? Like, right. your experience with cast members and stuff will change based on your actions in the park and like your participation in the rides and stuff. That's cool. That is that an, is neat. That is that is an extra element of like immersion. Um. Now, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, you know Jesse and I went to Wizarding World. Yeah. And at Wizarding World, all the employees or cast members are in character, right? Right. And I don't know if it's just me or what, but it was a little embarrassing. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just mean like, I was like, come on, man. Like we were waiting in line to get into something at Wizarding World. And the dude was like talking in all kinds of Harry Potter lingo, like advanced Harry Potter lingo. I know Potter, you know what I mean? But this dude was like, professor Pottermore and like I don't know so like on one hand maybe since I'm a little more fond of Star Wars being in a land where everybody's in character and like maybe I'll I'll integrate but it didn't embarrass I wasn't embarrassed for them but do you know what I mean like that sort of uncomfortable feeling you get like sometimes it's like um some just any kind of super fan you know, really, you're like, oh, oh, oh you know a well, lot about this. This was, I mean, these I were people that worked there. You know what I mean? And like, we're right. in character. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I could just see for to me. To me, though, there's one thing about being in character and then being the super fan, po- Professor Pottermore, loving your job, you know, at Potterverse. I don't know, man. I, I can see that, but I can also see like that's the person you if you are trying to create an immersive experience for your your park attendees, that's who you go for. That's your perfect employee right there. Someone who's gonna right. be in it to win it. Like if your brother someone that can improve someone else's experience. Basically. Right. If your brother was a cast member at Wizarding World or Galaxy's Edge, like he would be in it to win it. Oh, yeah, a he'd be kid. Smuggler Supreme. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, a theater kid is the perfect kid <clears throat> to get for that job. But for me, who was never good at theater, and who, the one year I did theater, fucked it up royally and was terrible at it, like, oh, no. not necessary. Like, I don't know. It's kind of, I get the same feeling I get when you're watching, like, um, a super earnest American Idol audition. Or an episode of Say What Karaoke. You remember that show? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Well, moving on. I just don't know that I ever saw Say What Karaoke. It was on MTV. It was not a good show. Um, oh, yeah. Can I, uh, can I get one second to grab a tissue? Absolutely. So, uh, that's 
the um, Smuggler's Run ride, which is the Millennium Falcon ride. Now, there's another ride called Rise of the Resistance, right? Right. And a little cool piece of information about that is they actually got Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Meyer, and Adam Driver to record stuff for that ride. Oh, that's cool. So, like, <clears throat> uh, another, you know, to use the um, use the Harry Potter analogy again, I can't remember which one of the Harry Potter rides it was because there's two different ones. Uh, actually, I think both of them got actors from the movies to come in and record new stuff. So, like, uh, there's one where you're in Hogwarts, right? And, okay. like, the line is going through, like, the Great Hall and stuff. And you will right. see, like, Harry, Hermione, and Ron, played by, like, their respective actors, come up. And they'll be like, oh, you, you got to hurry. We, You got to get to this place. And, oh, no, Death Eaters or whatever, right? And then they'll cast a spell and it'll start snowing on you in the line. Oh, wow. Really cool stuff like that. And I imagine that's probably sort of the thing they're going with with these recordings. And it'll also be incorporated into the ride, too. Yeah. So, um, that sounds really cool. Now, you want to talk about <coughs> I'm excited about. It is the shopping opportunities <laughs> at Galaxy's oh Edge. So, they're going to have a variety of shops, right, that sell you know, trinkets and whatnot, but they're all in-universe, meaning, like, you're not going to go to Galaxy's Edge and buy Hasbro figures or, you know, hot toys. You're going to be buying stuff that looks like it's in-universe. So, for instance, there's a shop called Doc Andar's Den of Antiquities. Doc Andar is uh, an Athorian, right? A hammerhead. Okay. And when you go in there, he's going to have things like um busts of Jedi masters and Sith for sale uh Sith statues uh holocrons like it's supposed to be like this <clears throat> um like you know place that you would go to buy like antiques and oddities yeah so think about the shop at the beginning at Gremlins okay but without a mugwai of course. <clears throat> Unfortunately, without a mugwai. That's a much sadder movie. It is. It's just without it's just, a mugwai. It's just a guy going into an antique store trying to sell his weird home creations and then leaving. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole movie. Um Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to pull up images of it right now, but like yeah, on here they've got like uh <coughs> like statues of different Jedi busts. There's like a Mace Windu and uh, a Plo Koon and, uh, you know, a Yoda. Um, and then on the Sith side, there's like a Sith urn, a bust of Darth Vader, like just really cool, a red kyber crystal, really cool looking stuff that looks like it's actually in universe. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's going to be a lightsaber shop where you can go, right? And you can... Basically, you, um, I don't know if it's like a personality test, but you're, you're basically assembling your own lightsaber from different parts and stuff. 
and nice. yeah so like you can personalize your own saber it from what i understand it's going to be expensive like a hundred bucks for the hilt if you want the blade it's another 50 so you're looking at dropping 150 bucks on a lightsaber right. which that's about the price of a black series lightsaber i was about to say that's that's about the price of a black series brand new yeah so <clears throat> but you know those aren't personalized to your your likings specifications that is one that like i am all about are you kidding me what have i been dreaming about since i was a kid making, making my own way own. i'll be pushing kids out of the the way be like get the hell out of here um there's going to be a creature shop where you can go and buy like stuffed tauntauns or wampas or porgs or puffer pigs or wrath tars there's going to be a droid building shop where you can go and get like think almost like build a bear but with droids right and you can get like an r2d2 or a bb8 or uh, any number of different droids so i think that is a really cool approach to trying to make a lot of money at your park is like make that shit look in universe and there's going to be a um a shop like do you remember in rogue one at the beginning when jen is is trying to escape and like you see her room and she's got like a a bunch of toys she's got like a, a stormtrooper doll and things like that right yeah there's going to be a place where you can go and get that sort of thing they're dolls of characters and stuff from star wars but they're not like they look sort of handmade, not to right. the same level and detail as those ones in Rogue One. But I don't know. I think it's a cool concept. I think it is, too. It is It is only increasing the cost of going to Galaxy's Edge for me, though. Right. You're going to have to take out, you know, I don't know, some sort of savings and loans deal to get there and buy all the stuff you want. Dude. Honestly, I don't know when it's going to actually be in the cards for me. Like, I would love to go ASAP. I know the crowd is going to be crazy. And, you know, so realistically, the best idea would be for me to try and wait for that to die down. You know? You need to look at winning, winning some. Find a way to win some VIP Star Wars weekend tickets or something. I don't know. Right. Right. I need to to win the fucking golden ticket like fucking Willy Wonka. If I got to drink 10,000 Mountain Dews to get you enough points to get to Star Wars, I will I will start buying those Mountain Dews. Buddy, you're going to have to go with me. I don't want to go by myself. I'm yeah. just saying, I, if we need the points. <laughs> Dude, if that was if it was that simple as drinking delicious sodas, dude, I would be me and my whole family and friends like we would be taking a, a private chartered jet. You know how I can smash a sodi pop. I mean, so do I. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm saying. By our powers combined, our sodi powers combined. Dear Lord, dear Lord. Put. I dare you. I dare you, Lucasfilm slash Disney. Put a promotion on Diet Pepsi and see what I do. See what I do. You remember when they had that promotion? Uh, I think it was Pepsi points. And as a joke, at the end of the commercial, they said, get a Harrier jet for this insane amount of points. Yeah. And this dude tried to cash that in. You remember oh, that? Oh, wow. 
No, I don't. I would be that. I would be doing that. Um, but yeah, man, sounds like they got a cool lot of cool stuff. Now, the one that I was most interested to talk about because I really wanted you to riff on it, right? And this right. is what I need you to do, Will. I need you to give our good listeners, give them a preview of the tasty goodness they can get if they go to patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast and sign up and listen to Cooking with Will because not only is the merchandise in-universe, so is all the food and drink. So, Will, William Witten, take it away. Uh, One of the great things in this article that I'm seeing about the food is that they've got some of the classic Star Wars stuff and then they have like made basic dishes and then tried to tie them to the Star Wars universe because I was curious as to how they were going to accomplish all that. But basically, I mean, if we just break break it down simply, they found an animal in the Star Wars world for every protein. Right. And Including... then the proteinless meals are basically veggie focused, which there are several planets in you know Star Wars that are. Right. And what's really cool is like, like you're saying, they've got some like, I don't know if they're vegan, but they're definitely like vegetarian options. So right. it's nice to see them provide that for people that, you know, are committed to that lifestyle. They um, have blue and green milk, of course. Of course. A yob shrimp noodle salad. And apparently the yob shrimp are a crustacean native to uh, Naboo that are a delicacy to the Gungans. And this noodle salad looks really good. It looks kind of alieny with the shrimp in there. Yeah, and so does the uh, the bowl, like the bowl and the spoon. The Ronto wraps, I mean, they just look like tacos, but I mean, I get it. See, like, that's the only way, I mean, that's really the way you're going to get away with Star Wars food, tying the protein to a to an in-galaxy representation. And right, and, and for something that they're going to be basically mass-producing, you know what I mean? Imagine... Right the amount of food and drink they're going to be selling at this park. You know, it seems like they also came up with some stuff. That's not just cafeteria food. You know what I mean? Like, right. There's a lot of vibrant colors going on too. Yeah. Uh, fried Indorian tip yip, which are the flightless birds in return of the Jedi that live amongst the Ewoks, which are chickens. They are are chickens. Even in return of the Jedi, those motherfuckers are chickens. But wow, I will give but it to you. They're called, but they're called tip yips, or they're called chickens. Oh no, they're called tip yips. But okay, when you see them in the movie, they're chickens. They're chickens. I got you. Uh, kadu ribs or kadu? I'm not sure how you say that, but um, those big ostrich-looking things that the Gungans are riding in the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Those look delicious. That um, and it's served on a blueberry cornbread which looks kind of neat very galactic kind of planetary like a moon or something yeah i don't I like know. that so you cool. know cornbread is i've eaten a lot of cornbread in my time that is a southern boy staple you know right and i've had regular cornbread bread i've had sweet cornbread i've had cornbread that's got like chunks of corn and like green chilies in it spicy cornbread I'll have right. to be honest, I've never had blueberry cornbread. I mean, neither have I. Yeah. 
I'm just as a southerner, I'm not partial to sweet cornbread myself. We consider that a Yankee thing. You know, it, to me, it kind of depends on the meal, whether I prefer sweet. I like them both. I'm a cornbread yeah. fan. So like, but if Don't we're having a, like a chili or a soup or yeah. something like that, regular cornbread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so go on. Uh, in, the next item is the Felucian garden spread, uh, which looks like falafel, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah, meatballs made from vegetable kefta uh, with herb, hummus, tomato, cucumber salad, and pita bread. It's pretty much falafel. And I'm not a, a big vegan or vegetarian uh, cuisine guy. That looks really good to me. Yeah, it does look really good. I really like falafel, though. Yeah, so do I. The roasted burra fish um, comes, well, I mean, the burra fish is from Dathomir, uh, which is uh, Darth Maul's home planet. But again, this just looks like fish on uh, vegetables, uh, carrots, cauliflower, broccoli. Imagine it's very well seasoned, very well cooked. Pumpkin seeds. Um, yeah, some pumpkin seeds on top for a garnish. It kind of makes it a little bit alien. But... Um, it, it honestly seems, if you think about it, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of carbohydrates. Like, I've seen, you know, meats and vegetables. And you would think those would be prized amongst spacefaring mm-hmm. civilizations. There I, is I some would bread, right? Like, there's like a... Like we're I mean, yeah, about. there's some breads and some noodles and stuff, but you don't see a lot of it. You know, like... Yeah, but if you're I trying can to... I can imagine... If you're trying to eat keto at this park, you know... No, no, no. I'm just saying I can imagine in space... Maybe carbohydrate-heavy rations are everywhere. No, Maybe no, rice I, I is agree. on every spaceship, but like, or yeah, like, like vegetables and meat are not some weird, tasteless like rations Goop. block. You know what I mean? Right. Um, no, I'm just saying, if you are like, let's say you're trying to eat keto while you're at Galaxy's Edge, it looks like you'll be able to. Like, it looks like right. there's some options. Oh, them. right, right. I think this next one is fascinating. Ithorian Garden Loaf, which is basically meatless meatloaf. Which I have heard of and never executed myself, but it looks damn good from the picture I'm looking at. Yeah, so what do you think that is? Like, I know for, like, vegan uh, barbecue, they'll they'll use, like, jackfruit, you know? And then right obviously... Right now, uh, in, in the culinary world, the Impossible Burger mm-hmm. is, is getting a lot of praise, uh, which is a burger made from... Uh, uh, it's a meatless burger. But it's made from the appropriate combination of plant-based nutrients and textures that it's supposed to taste just like a hamburger. Huh. Like it's supposed to <clears throat> supposed to feel and taste much more like a hamburger than even some real hamburgers. You know, like it's why they call it the Impossible Burger. So I, I'm just telling you that meatless uh, alternatives are coming a long way at the moment. I have no idea what's in that loaf. It could be... An appropriate mix of potato and mushroom. That's usually what veggie patties are. Okay. When you grill a veggie patty or, you know, it's usually either, you know, appropriate portions of a, a potato patty with mushroom chunks in it or a mushroom patty or uh, sometimes it's, you know, falafel style stuff with like chickpeas or black bean. Like I know black, black bean, bean burgers are a thing. Right. Black bean What's, burger. Yes. Okay. To take a little bit of a detour. What's Satan or Satan? Whatever that's. There's a. A meat substitute in vegan cooking called satan, I think. 
Oh, we have reached beyond my realm of knowledge oh. because I am not sure. All righty. Well, maybe look that up for me because I'm fascinated by sure. it. Sure. It's one of those things like I, vegan cooking isn't is always impressive to me when I watch it done. Yeah. I just never feel compelled to do it myself and therefore I don't know a lot about it. Right. I'm you know, I I'm not vegan or vegetarian myself. I admire people's uh like willpower and right and devotion and like thought process behind going vegan or ve- vegetarian it's not like i have anything against them by no means do i i just like you know <coughs> we were talking about last week or a couple weeks ago like what i watch on youtube it's a lot of times it's cooking stuff and sometimes i'll end up falling down a vegan recipe rabbit hole and just sort of seeing like how they go about recreating you know sort of like like a Philly cheesesteak, a vegan Philly cheesesteak, how they do that. And like yeah. vegan fried chicken or something like that, you know? I'm sure I, I have to resist the urge to shake my head. I, you know, not for me. Not Because as me. a chef, you're like vegan fried chicken face palm. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but you know, if you're a chef who is And if vegan, your client is vegan. Right. You know, I, you got to do it. I admire the uh, creativity and, you know, because for a long time, like vegan cuisine to me was like, oh, so you just eat salads. Oh, you, you, know? eat, you eat hummus, hummus with beans, <laughs> you know, or or in things like that. So the eat fact tofu. that, you know, people are, are putting so much creative effort behind it and coming up with these incredible vegan dishes like I honestly want to try a tofurkey. Honestly, like I, I would try they, it. They're good. I wouldn't try this uh, impossible burger, you know, like there's several yeah. of these that I would definitely try just to see like it, it fascinates me that people have vegan cooking down to such a science that they can reasonably recreate meat based dishes, you know, but it's, it's like you were mentioning, they have these really nifty alternatives that they can do a lot with. Right. And I don't know specifically the one you were asking about, but I know. You know, they use specific things as thickening agents or leavening agents, you know, so they don't have to use something that's not vegan. Right. Uh, Shock roast. Now, this this is my jam. Okay. I I had a question about this. Okay. Um, Because shock, is that not the big tick looking thing? I think it might be. The thing that Anakin rides on, the most, the worst example of CG in all of Star Wars. Yeah, beach ball shaped herd animals on the plains of Naboo. Yeah. <coughs> I think that might be what that is. That is the most, that is the least appetizing animal created on the outside. But I bet it's, I bet the dish is incredibly tasty. Yeah, it's like a beef pasta roast, yeah. pot roast with pasta, kale, and mushrooms. Like that sounds up my alley. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds delicious. And guess what? The next one is the biggest disappointment to me of all, the desserts. Oh, yeah? Okay. Right? So what we have in the picture, we have uh, a raspberry cream puff topped with passion fruit mousse and a chocolate cake with white chocolate mousse and coffee-flavored custard. Looks Sounds delicious, looks delicious, right? There is no in-galaxy description. It is the only item on this whole menu that has no in-galaxy oh. description. And says Star Wars Culinary Masters are still working on the backstory. Bitch, you have a light side one and a dark side one, and you have you have nothing to tell me about either one of them. I mean, one kind of looks like a radar dish on indoor, and it's got these green leafy things around it like 
you know, that would have been an incredible little recreation. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize that they didn't have a backstory for these, but I'm sure it will come along. Um, I'm sure it will, too. I'm just saying that's what, I mean, desserts, you can be the most artistically creative with dessert. Yeah. Because it, it, it sometimes dessert can surprise you. you know, the flavor can surprise you or what's on the inside of mm-hmm. something can surprise you. D- dessert has a fancy and surprising element to it. And I just, you know, I don't know. I, whoever wrote the article, I'm sure that's fine. You know, it's not their fault, you know, by any means. And I'm sure they're still working on it. They'll have it perfect by the time it comes out. But such beautiful presentation, such beautiful dishes in a menu so exquisitely placed within a Star Wars universe to be like, oh, name determined later for the desserts. Like, I'm just like, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they, like, you know, it's still a few months out before it opens, so not all their ducks are in a row just yet, you know? Right. Uh, I think some of the drink menu looks cool, too. Like, Oh, yeah. They got a a nice tea. Yeah. Very outlandish. I'm telling you right now, the blue bantha, which is blue milk with a cookie on top, bruh, you're speaking my language. Yep. Uh, There's one that's got a, I guess it's a bone. I guess it's a cookie too, but it's like the shape of a bone. Yeah, it's, I, I think that must be the bloody rancor, which is a, a okay. bloody va- Mary variation. Okay. <laughs> and then the black spire brew, which is an iced coffee drink. Jesse's going to be all over that. And then yeah. they do have, they're going to serve alcohol. And they have some like Star Wars themed alcoholic drinks, the Outer Rim, the Bespin Fizz, the Yub Nub. The Yub Nub. And Fuzzy Tauntaun. Hey, Go- or Goose. Hey, Steel. You want to go to Galaxy's Edge and drink some Yub Nubs with me, buddy? Oh, I'll be there with you guys. And then there's like they've got some fancy drinks that are alcohol free. Um, the Carbon Freeze, Oga's Obsession which is more of a jello style dessert. It looks kind of weird to me. It looks like a petri dish that they're it doing. It does. A, it really does. <laughs> that they're doing like a culture in and then the cliff dweller. Man, I can't wait. That looks like uh, bubble bubble tea noodles in one of those drinks. Oh, like boba tea? Yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, or maybe tapioca pearls is what they are. I'm not sure. I gotcha. That one looks cool. The way it's like all smoky and stuff. Yeah, I knew yeah. you would be able to to dig into that menu. They, they've just got... I don't know, man. I think <clears throat> they're doing a really good job of... Like, because it could have just easily been... Okay, come to Galaxy's Edge. It looks like Star Wars. There's a billion Hasbro toys on all the right. shelves. And there's a hamburger stand. You know what I mean? This is... This is our Star Wars hotel. We slapped fluorescent lighting and recess lighting on everything. Like, you know, it could have been phoned in and they still would have made money. I feel like they pulled out all the stops mm-hmm. and really did it a service. Yeah, man. I really like that. I really like them going the extra mile. Like, like I said, who knows when I'll actually have the opportunity to go, but I can't wait until I can. Because this shit seems real cool. Um, you want to talk about the last two episodes of Resistance and then we'll get into emails and stuff? Sure. 
you uh you're it sounds like you're uh on demand decided to act right yeah it got right because yeah. i i was gonna slap it around if it wasn't so you got to watch the core problem and then the disappeared right yes let's start with the core problem what did you think about that i thought it was good um it was intense oddly intense for kind of like an episode in the middle of a season but um or i guess technically towards the end of a season but uh, I know I can tell why it carried its weight is because it it lines up with the Force Awakens. You know that's mm-hmm. that's Poe's last send off before he goes into the Force Awakens. It was kind of sad seeing Kaz say bye to BB-8. <coughs> Definitely it was. Definitely, but I like that his new buddy was instantly uh, took a liking to him. Yeah, you know I was kind of scared that his new droid was going to give him some shit. Yeah, CB. 23 or 28 i can't ever remember she was the droid that would show up with with uh poe when poe would show up in the episodes right um so yeah i think the coolest thing or not i want i don't want to say the most important but as far as connective tissue to the force awakens or the sequel trilogy that this episode provides is we get sort of a look at uh, prototype or attempted versions of Starkiller Base. We see all these right. these planets that have been cored out in attempts to make Starkiller Base, and we see like, is that what it was? I thought they had been. Well, I guess maybe that was what it was. So, because there's a gravity well at the center of the planet that's right. crumbling, right? Right, and the only reason <clears throat> I say that is is because it's not like they say that, and the, they're not like, by the way, these are prototype versions or attempts at making Star Killer Base. It was in one of the videos, you know, they on on their YouTube channel they put up videos that talk about each episode, so they okay. sort of clarified that in one of those videos. That's the well, only reason I have that information. And I was confused because one of the first things Poe said was, you know, there's supposed to be a star in this system, but there's not. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, well, that means Starkiller Base consumed that star. So the you, what I assume is in that system, they tried to make several Starkiller Bases and were finally successful, consumed the star, and then moved. Because, you know, Starkiller Base moves. It's not stationary. Right. So they, they moved it. So I think that's personally what happened. Now... Okay. I kind of mentioned this last week. There is an interesting theory going around about this episode. You know the planet that they land on that has like the temple and stuff and he finds the Tuca doll? Yeah. Some people think that may be the planet <coughs> from the Force back scene in The Force Awakens, the flashback where you see Kylo and uh, the Knights of Ren standing among all those dead people yeah. while it's raining. People think that might be that planet. And when you look at like screenshots from that scene and screenshots from that episode, like there's a very similar, like very blue hue lighting look going on and stuff. And like uh, the <coughs> topography looks similar. It's like a rocky type planet. So I think it's an interesting theory as far as I know, it's not been confirmed or denied, but kind of neat to think about yeah um there's a lot of talk about takodana in those two episodes there was 
Lots of it. When we talk about the second one, we'll get into my theory about something they mentioned about Taco Donna. Um, what did you think about the First Order probe droid? Uh, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I think Kaz is going to have to learn how to fire a blaster. I like, um, I like <clears throat> that we saw a first order design of something familiar that looked fairly like up designed because you know, the first order has tie fighters. They don't look that much different. They've got star destroyers. They don't look that much different, you know? So to see their, their probe droids and they look significantly different than our buddy man in the bathtub from empire strikes back. Like that was cool. It was cool. I also like that it had like the uh, what was it? Would you like the <clears throat> mini the drones, mini, mini probe droids? Yeah, I thought that was cool. That was cool. <clears throat> so yeah, and then the episode that came on last week, which actually caused a little bit of a panic for myself and other people online, was the disappeared, and aptly named because that shit show enough disappeared from the Disney Now app, which I use to watch Resistance. Yeah, I feel like it didn't come up for a couple of days when it normally <coughs> comes up comes up late on Saturday or on Sunday, right? Right. Um, and once again, I thought a really good episode. Um, so basically, the First Order's really cracking down on the Colossus and they kidnap FaZe and Mom Z. What do they call her? Mom Z? Mama Z? Uh, Aunt Z, Aunt Z, Aunt Z. That's it. Um, and some other people from the station because right. they're basically speaking out against the first order. Anyone who openly defies the first order is silenced, de- deported, and they um, they ground all the the aces and um, won't let them fly a race, dude. What about that snitch ass droid? That runs off and snitches on. He's got to get his. He's got to. It's got to. It, <laughs> somebody needs to drop that dude off in the water, like accidentally. I don't know if that's supposed to. I don't think it is supposed to be the same one from the Last Jedi. Um, but if it is, BB nine E, it's the same design for sure. But I don't know if it's supposed to be the same droid. Um, if it is, that's the only thing that fucking droid does is snitch on people. He needs to learn yeah, a little and act bad. He needs to learn Snitch a lesson. people and act like he's going to tase folks. He needs to learn a lesson. Snitches get stitches. Right. <laughs> um, and um, what's the, the engineer girl? I always forget her name. I'm not a fan of the way they're she taking her character. has got to come around because she is getting on my nerves with this first order lovey-ness. Like, I, she needs to just go ahead and become a stormtrooper because I'm getting tired of it. I hope that's not the way they're taking her, but it kind of seems... I feel seems, like it is. I know. I feel like she's going to betray him, and that's going to be the big, I you kinda, know, it'll be the big character thing for like two seasons, and then she'll come back around and be like, I'm sorry. I kind of think she already did. I think she turned in Jaeger I think so too. and Kaz, because at the end, after Kaz goes and rescues everybody and comes back to the hangar, the First Order are waiting on him, and they're like, Kazuta Ziona? Ziono, you're under arrest. And it's like sort of a cliffhanger. 
I think she turned him in. I'm sure she um I hope not, but I'm sure it did. And and I think you might be right as far as like her story arc. I don't think it'll be two seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where she turns around by the end of this season. But I think you're right as far as like the way they're going. Because they keep making it like she's a good person and she's got a good heart. Right. She's just got this heart on for why the The first order isn't that bad or something. Great. Why why security is (laughs) is you know good at in civil liberties are bad. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I'm not a huge fan. Like because I liked the character so much at the beginning, and now like she's sort of a, a not really, but sort of a, a first order sympathizer. And I mean, I feel bad for her. I feel like she hasn't had a lot of wins. Right. Like, you and know, she's also been kept real on, in the dark, like, screwed her over, right? Right. And every time she fixes up the fireball, Kaz messes it up, right? Right. She keeps, she kind of keeps getting shit on, like. I want her to have a good day, but I don't want it to be with the First Order, you know? Exactly. And, you know, she's kept in the dark. She knows something's going on, but they keep being like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to have a party. Right. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I just <clears throat> just got to come around on this for- First Order thing. I don't, I don't care whether she comes around or not. She needs to, you know get with the program or get gone like that's all i'm saying like <clears throat> like i said i think you're right i think it'll be revealed in the next episode that she's the one that turned them in and then sometime in the finale of this season she'll see the error or error of her ways like she'll yeah. see how bad the first order is and then she'll help jaeger will kick her off of the team and then she'll be on her own for a little while and <laughs> see how bad it is and yeah because we only got three episodes left we have the descent no Escape Part 1 and No Escape Part 2. Um, so only three more episodes. That sounds kind of dark. No Escapes Part 1 and mm-hmm. 2. That sounds kind of dark. Yeah. <clears throat> but really ramping up towards here towards the end. I'm really, I'm still enjoying it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see where. I mean, I'm invested. I'm enjoying it, you know, even more so with every single episode. Yeah. It was cool to see Doza. Like, it's funny if if we were to go back and listen to ourselves at the beginning of the season. I know for a fact I was like, Doza's a bad guy. Doza is, he's the he's one. He's going to turn out. Yeah. He's like the first order spy. And, and then, we were like, what if it's Yeager? Yeah. But then it was really cool to see Doza and Yeager hanging out and they're trying to come up with a way to disable Same. the 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 communication blanket so they can call the resistance in to get rid of the first order and then kaz is like look i'm not letting these dudes kidnap my friends i'm going to rescue him he's going to run out and jaeger is like kaz and you think he's going to get on to him yeah and he's like i totally understand go do what you got to do i was like oh really good moment right there nice move so all right buddy now that we're caught up on resistance, do you want to do some emails and a voice messages? Sure. All right, I'm going to play us a little song. And we will see how it goes from there. All right. Kia-dee, Kia-dee, 
I could hear it at first, but then it canceled. Running around slaying bitches with his cock head. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kitty, cock head. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cock head. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cock head. Okay, so our first voicemail is from our buddy King Tom, so glad to hear that he uh he's doing better from the last time we heard from him uh speaking of which king tom was on rogue one this week podcast for weezers so uh listen to that and here's our buddy hey there haws and will sorry i didn't get into you guys last week um i don't know how i got there but i awoke in a river um and yeah i I guess i blacked out for a whole week in unrelated news if anyone wants to buy a surly gps there's Give me a shout out. Reason I'm calling in this week about episode nine. I'm not going to get into what they are or what they contain, but like you guys, I've been paying attention to the spoiler images and set photos and other things that we've gotten very into this movie. There, there will be a time when we get close to the movie when plot stuff starts coming out that I'm not going to be paying any attention to spoilers. But right now, I'm, I'm looking at what we're, we're seeing and I'm thinking about where we are, and I am reminded a lot of Return of the Jedi. I was five when Jedi came out, and I remember certain things about the era. Um, like, I remember these random Pepperidge Farm cookies that had 3PO and Rebel Endor Forest Troopers and Ewoks on them, and for some reason, I'm reminded of that a lot right now when I think about what we've seen of Episode Nine. It's just an odd feeling, I think maybe because it feels like we're going to start seeing more of the resistance. I'm hoping after, you know, just like with the original trilogy where we were introduced to the galaxy in the first movie, the second movie kind of told more of a contained story. And then the third movie, it showed us more of the galaxy, expanded the people. And I I think, you know, seeing who has been cast, not that we know anything about what roles they'll be playing. But it seems as if there's going to be more, a lot more, in terms of people and locations in this last movie than in The Last Jedi. And, you know, I I love The Last Jedi, but I have no problem with what they're doing for Nine. And kind of leading off from that, I wanted to see, you know, what similarities to Return of the Jedi would you like to see in Episode Nine? Um, Like I said, I, I wouldn't mind a focus on the rebel slash resistance forces. Um, I would like opening up the galaxy more, visiting different planets. And I would also like an ending. Unlike Jedi, I would like, you know, something that leaves a hint for something in the future, but I would like a happy ending. Um, One thing I know for sure I don't want, I don't want another super weapon. I think we're good with those for a while. That's my answer. I'm just curious. Are there anything that 
are any things that you're looking forward to that you can say, hey, Nine is like Jedi in this? What would make you guys happy? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast, and I will talk with you later. Oh, I'm glad to hear King Tom's okay. Um, yep. So, for me, similarities to Jedi that I would like to see carry over in Episode Nine. The big one is I want a big fuck off space battle in this. Nice. Um, you know, we didn't really get much of a space battle in The Force Awakens. We get the attack on Starkiller Base, and we get the X-wing showing up on, um. Fuck, Maz's planet. Why can't I remember her name? Her, the name of her planet. Anyway, Taco Donna. No, ta- not Taco Donna. Taco. Yes, Taco Donna. Not. I was thinking Dakar. Dakar is where the the resistance is. Taco Donna is where Maz is. So, yeah, I would love to see <clears throat> a big old space battle. Um, and I would also like. I would like to see sort of a similar format to the end of the of return of the Jedi, where there's a big ground battle going on where the majority of our resistance heroes are participating. There's a big fuck off space battle going on. And then there's the big light versus dark struggle going on. And it sort of cuts between all three of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, buddy? I was thinking about it, and really the only similarity that I'd really like to see is that it ends on a hopeful note for the galaxy. Because I feel like this this series has been running skim on hope for the galaxy. And we may not even get it. You know, It may look dark for the galaxy at the end of this one again. I think we'll get it. At least I hope so. Um... Yeah. Seems like Good hadn't had a win in a while still. But I mean, I know that's kind of how you got to always make it seem. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we will get a happy ending. Just because it's the end of a trilogy. And like, I don't think you want to end on a downer. Like Sad ends to trilogies don't do well. Yeah, and, and, you know, even if there is some sort of door open for further, like an episode 10, 11, 12, I think you can do that and still have a, a, a nice hopeful ending with the bad guys defeated and order restored to the galaxy, you know? <clears throat> Speaking of <clears throat> spoiler pictures, we're not going to talk about any spoiler pictures, but there is a picture that I wanted to discuss in the main show that I forgot to bring up. I actually texted it to you and it relates to galaxy's edge because they also showed off like clothing items that you're going to be able to buy. And so you're going to be able to go and get, um, you know, your own set of Jedi robes, which is awesome. But they're also going to have like uh, apparel that's more suited for like the real world. And one of them that they showed off is a Ray shirt. It's a shirt with Ray on it. And I have seen some speculation online that this might be Ray in episode nine. Okay? Yeah. Now, if you take a look at it, there are some interesting elements to it. One, but I don't know that it is her in episode nine. I'm actually looking at 
my two Ray hot toys to sort of do the comparison. It looks like her in episode eight. Right. It kind of looks like her in episode eight. The the hair specifically looks a little episode eight-ish. Um, the thing is, is when we saw that wrap, wrap-up picture with her and Poe and Finn, right. her arm wraps didn't go up as high as they do in this picture. Right. The other thing, though, is it kind of looks like this outfit she's wearing may have a robe. Or not a robe, a hood. Yeah, either hood or a backpack, yep. Now, her her outfit in Episode 7, when she's in her scavenger gear, at least, like when she's all scavengered up, that has a backpack. Um, now, the other thing I've seen people talk about is, oh, shit, she's got a jagged saber like Kylo. Now, that could be the case. I'm not saying it isn't, but I've also seen sort of that art style, like that representation of a lightsaber several times. It's kind of a common way to represent a lightsaber in artwork so it doesn't just look like a bat, you know, a a solid straight line beam or something. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of uh, an artistic choice they take all the time. So... What I'm saying is we can't, I don't think that we can look at that and 100% assume, oh, her, her, the blade of her saber is going to be all unstable like Kylo's. Um, even though I, under, I totally understand the reasoning behind it. Like, <clears throat> you know, we're at this point, it seems pretty likely that she's going to be using a, a repaired version of the Skywalker saber. And, yeah. You know, you could see how that would lead to the blade being unstable like Kylo's, if that's the of case. Of course. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things I think we need to keep in mind that, while possible, and I could see how it makes sense, I don't think we can use that picture as, like, definitive proof that that's the way they're going just yet. <clears throat> All right. Let's get into some emails. First up, we got our buddy Rick V. Hey, Halls and Will, your boy Rick here. I'm listening to episode 188 right now, and a crazy thought just crossed my mind. What if, and bear with me, what if the episode 9 panel at Celebration immediately starts with the lights dropping and everyone in attendance is gifted the teaser right off the bat without any introduction? JJ comes out, cast comes out, the panel goes off without a hitch, and at the close, JJ says, would you like to see it again? The crowd goes nutty, and instead of showing us the teaser again, without any introduction, the f- the room gets the full trailer. I can just imagine there'd be fucking nerd riots. Babies start getting made. All the toy lightsabers randomly combust. You know that kind of stuff. Cool. Any Again, just a random thought. What do you think? think? Your homie in Chicago. May the force be with you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like JJ personally, I feel like JJ's approach is going to be very <coughs> JJ in nature where they're all going to come out and it's going to be like, Ooh, I don't know. Are we going to see a trailer? Are we going to see sorry. a teaser? And then of course we do, but I don't know about starting now. It's not unheard of for there to be a teaser or a trailer at a celebration panel that's only shown to that panel it's happened twice before there was it was i think it was with rogue one both times there was um that first 
uh, reveal teaser that they showed at Star Wars Anaheim in 2015. Before, Which was probably before the reshoots, right? It was before any shoots. It was uh, before they had even started shooting the movie. All it was was like sort of a jungly looking planet and it was looking up at the sky and you hear Obi-Wan from A New Hope, uh, the line where he's like, before the dark times, before the Empire. And a TIE fighter flies overhead and as it flies overhead, you see the Death Star in the in like the sky above. That was it. They never released that trailer officially. I've never seen it except in bootleg form. And then (laughs) Celebration 2016, when they did their Rogue One panel, they showed a trailer to the uh, audience there that was never released. And it had uh, a scene of Darth Vader at the end that didn't make it into the final movie. Uh, Once again, I've never seen that in anything but bootleg form. So they have done that in the past. I don't know that they would do it with something as big as episode nine, but they have done it in the past. All right. Uh, Next up, we got our buddy Colton. Howdy, guys. Sound like it's been a hell of a few weeks with work and podcasting and whatnot. So I hope you're doing well. I've just got a quick question for tonight. How are Lando and Leia doing? During Empire, she doesn't like him at all, and they aren't on screen enough together to really tell in Jedi. I'm just wondering if she'll welcome his help with open arms, if they'll have a different, more antagonistic relationship in Nine, if they get to have screen time together at all. Do you think, do they go into their relationship during the Aftermath books at all? Anyway, hope you all had a great week, and keep up the great podcasting. Cheers, Colton. Thanks, buddy. I don't think they'll share any screen time together first off. Uh, I imagine their relationship will be positive. I don't know what it was like in the Aftermath books, but, I mean, by Return of the Jedi, you know, Lando's a general in the Rebellion. I'd say she's fine with it. Yeah, I think... So, I'm with you. I don't really know that we're going to see Leia and Lando uh, share any screen time together. Um, I just don't know what all they'll be able to do with this unused footage that they're using to bring Carrie Fisher back. I, I can I can imagine they use it once and that's it. Like oh, I, I don't you think they cannibalized it and put it in different spots? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be they just take a deleted scene from The Force Awakens and put it in the movie, you know? I think there's going to be some uh ILM shenanigans going on. Oh no. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I know you don't. I'm not a fan of that shit. So, like, what I was going to say is, because ILM are technical geniuses, like they could just as easily cut her out of an existing scene and repurpose that scene. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about a CGI recreation of Carrie Fisher like they did in a new, uh, Rogue One. I'm talking about digital manipulation and and magic work to take scenes and twist them and change them to what they need. I don't think we're going to get a ton of Leia. I think it'll be more than one scene. And I don't think we're going to get a ton of Lando either. I think Lando will be in there 
and it'll be fun to see him, but it's not like Lando will probably even be in the movie as much as, say, Han was in The Force Awakens. No, we're talking cameo. I would say more than a cameo. Just because, to me, cameo sort of means, like, one scene, you know? And Billy D yeah. seemed like he was over there longer than just filming for one scene. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's going to be, like, a main focus of the movie. He'll be an important... He'll have an important role to play, and... And he'll be there to to show up and do his Lando thing, but I more than a cameo for sure. But I don't think significant screen time. Um, same thing goes with Leia. Now there was the report on making Star Wars that the reason Ray's hair is similar in Episode Nine as it was in Episode Seven was because it needed to match up with stuff involving Leia from episode seven. So to me, that indicates repurposing episode seven. Like (coughs) the stuff they're reusing is not just going to be in the context of what it was in episode seven, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and you know, from what Billy Lord has said and what Carrie Fisher's brother has said, uh, it sounds like the family, at least, is really happy with the approach they're taking to Leia in Episode Nine. And really, that's all I need. Like, if they're okay with it, then you know, I would rather them be able to have Carrie Fisher in the movie in this way than try to like recast or make like a a CG Leia for multiple right. scenes and like, you know what I mean? I think this is probably. Right. <laughs> the best way out of sort of a shitty situation. All right. Utah Dougie. Halls and Will. I was watching the Force Awakens special features and just noticed that the sabers they use to film actually light up now. I think it helps with lighting for the filming process. I really loved the color contrast and different combinations throughout the movies. Episode 7, the blue and red give off a purple hue when they are clashed, especially when Kylo is burning Finn's shoulder. Really looks good against the snow. Episode 3, the blue sabers sharply contrast with the lava on Mustafar. Episode 5, the blue and red with the colors of Cloud City and the Carbonite Chamber. Episode 6, my favorite, the green and red set against the dark of the throne room. What new combos or settings would you like to see in a new lightsaber fight? Why don't you take that one first, Will? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I guess I've just always assumed that it would be blue, green, and red from here on out. But I kind of liked the yellow crystal that came along from Knights of the Old Republic. And I really like the fencing sabers that... Um, seems like older Ahsoka and Count Dooku had. I just like that style of hilt. Asajj Ventress had those too. Asajj Ventress, right. Um, I'm, I'm mostly fine with them just using our classic green, blue, and red. I'd love to see a green saber in episode nine just because we haven't really gotten that one much in the sequel trilogy, that color. Uh, except for that one flashback with Luke. Um, 
when I was a kid, I wanted to see two things. I wanted to see a lightsaber fight in the rain, and I wanted to see the light a lightsaber fight in the snow. And we got both of those already. Um, yeah. So I was real stoked to see those. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I have a hard time envisioning where sort of the last lightsaber battle is going to take place in um, episode nine. Will it be is the lightsaber battle in the rain? Is that the Django Fett, Boba, yeah, it's, um, Django <laughs> and Obi-Wan? Yeah, it's not really a lightsaber battle because it's not two lightsabers, but it's the closest thing we've gotten to that so far. I know it always comes back to that, but the Jindy Tarakovsky Clone Wars, there's a sick ass fight between it is uh anakin skywalker and asaz ventress in the rain and it is awesome you feel about that micro series what i feel about cg like what is that like you that is your star wars thing is that it's very well told i mean it's not i don't necessarily need feel that the canon the story itself is canon but some the storytelling and like the the non-reliance on dialogue to move the story forward is incredible i mean it's I I enjoy it. I the only thing I think there's a couple of things I think are goofy in that micro series. One is like that weird blue sort of tattoo thing that it's in that fight with Asajj, right? That Anakin has going on on his chest. Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? Don't remember. I think that's a different part in the series okay. you're thinking about. And then Dirge. I think Dirge is dumb. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That big bundle of nerves, and then, like, yeah, yeah. when it gets to that whole thing where, like, he's, like, busting out of his armor and stuff, and he's, like, sort of, like, suffocating Obi-Wan or something, right? Like, yeah. It's been a I while mean, I since I thought that I've watched fight them. was awesome, though. That fight is cool up Obi-Wan until that point. Obi-Wan whips his ass. Up until that point. Like, when it starts getting all, like, pulsing and undulating nerve bundles and, like, stuff. Up until that point, it is very cool. Like with the speeder bike and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I still think my favorite one is that first uh, clone troopers. It's like Where maybe, the commandos are going through the city. Yeah, and they're, and they're just using the hand signals and stuff. I yeah. really like that one. Yeah, it is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know about new combinations. Because it's hard for me to sort of visualize yeah. where it's going to be headed. Um, I'll tell you one of my least favorite ones and it's one that I I understand why they did it but it just always sort of sticks out to me is in Attack of the Clones when Anakin and Dooku are fighting and they just cut several times to like Hayden Christensen's face and Christopher Lee's face and it's very clear that they're just waving like a blue and oh, red yeah. colored light they're just like, boom, 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 boom. They're just like spinning right in front of each other or whatever. Right. And I know why they did it. They did it because Christopher Lee was an older man and couldn't like really get down on a, a saber fight. So when they wanted to have like close-ups of him, they had to like find ways around it, make special concessions to make it easier for him. And that's how they got around it. And I understand that and I don't begrudge them for that. It just doesn't something about it doesn't look great to me. It sort of it doesn't out. always communicate well in a you know, some of the ways you have to shoot an action sequence with a really old man doesn't mm-hmm. you know, you always translate well to the screen in the editing room. That's one of those things now, like 
if they had made um if they had made attack of the clones like today they could have done way more with putting christopher lee's face on a stunt double right you know you're talking about i was reading that's that's how they did cersei's walk of shame Uh uh-huh game of thrones yeah like and you would have never known that that wasn't lena headley right so like they could you know and it's just the advancement in technology you're talking 17 years later you know uh you know okay i know one and i don't think we'll be getting this in episode nine i would like to see an underwater lightsaber fight they'd have to be be real careful not to make it look goofy but like in the micro series you see clip uh almost called this motherfucker clip clip fisto i heard it kit fisto with his lightsaber underwater and then in the clone wars there's a whole arc that's is a little goofy like story line wise there's like shark people and shit uh shark people but anakin is underwater and he's using his lightsaber and stuff so that'd be kind of cool you it's just one of those things that they would have to like really work on to make it not look goofy and not look like the final fight in uh in <coughs> Matrix 3. Yeah. The DBZ fight. I don't I don't I'm not a huge DBZ guy, but I don't think you should uh soil the name of I shouldn't sully the Dragon Ball name <laughs> with with by referring comp- <laughs> to the Matrix. Oh man, oh man. We got an email from Goose. He actually texted me on Friday and was like, are you guys recording right now? I was like, no, man, we had already recorded on Thursday. Hey, my brothers, just wanted to write in and say what's up. It's been forever since I've spoke to y'all on Blue Harvest. I know y'all are both doing good. Y'all always are. Just wanted to touch on some things I've been hearing. Apparently, I'm possessing people nowadays, which I must say is more awesome for them than it is for me. LOL. I'm a firm believer by now that old King Tom is kin to Uncle George. This guy knows too much. If Disney hears this guy on the podcast, it's game over. The Mouseketeers will find him. I also want to send my love and prayers to Joe and his family. It's always sad when a person passes, especially when they are as good as that guy. Wanted to throw a question in the mix and maybe it will spark a discussion throughout the Moisture Farmers. Who would win? Full-powered Vader or Prime Obi-Wan? Now, before y'all jump the gun, just think for a second. Anakin slash Vader was overwhelmed with hatred and rage when he came at at Kenobi. Plus, Obi-Wan had the high ground. Never go after the enemy when they have the high ground. Duh. But think of badass Vader versus the best Kenobi. Oh, and by the way, just to throw this in here, Sheev is the GOAT. Just saying, some of y'all won't no. admit it. It's the no. truth. No. Later, love y'all and see you soon. I'm trying to be like Joe. Just be kind to everyone. Your neighborhood redneck, Goose Pine. Thanks for writing in, buddy. <laughs> buddy, you're writing into a couple of light side dudes, hoping we're going to say the dark side guy's going to win. The light side's going to win. Because I honestly feel like in episode three, you're seeing both of those characters at their prime, right? Wouldn't you say? Like, I mean, that's prime Darth Vader. That is prime Darth me. Vader. Like, that's the whole thing is he's Darth Vader in that scene. Like, he's already been 
branded Darth Vader. He might not be what you, you know, what we think of as the villain after mm-hmm. he's been mutilated by Obi-Wan. Right. Right. That was always sort of weird for me when episode three came out and there was merchandise that was like Darth Vader and it was Anakin, Anakin you know, like Hayden Christensen, Anakin. That was something that it's took hard. a little bit to get used to, you know? I mean, it is hard to wrap your mind around at first. Yeah, because you're so used to hearing the name Darth Vader and then having that. The I- mask. Yeah, that yeah. iconic ass armor and mask design. <coughs> um, yeah, I think we know the answer to this. Who wins is is Prime Kenobi. Because after that point in Star Wars, <clears throat> Vader is more machine than man. But... If he were to, like, he's still not, like, he's not all there. Like, he can't do certain Sith abilities because of that. Like, I think it's established that he can't use Sith lightning because he has robot arms. He got no Sith fingers to to project it out of. And we know he can't do Sith lightning dick because his dick got burnt off. No, really? Buddy, he was laying face down in lava. It's like when you micro high, microwave but a hot dog. But it caught the outside of his skin on fire, and like he was, you know, laying on his junk, protecting it against the pumice. Mm. I just can't imagine that pumice was cool. Like I, I think at the very least, it. Would I like, of all the fucked up shit that happened to Darth Vader, you want his dick to be burned off too? I don't like want that. It. Enough, it wasn't enough. Hey man, he did kill kids. I I always go back to that myself. Oh, I just hope the man's dick didn't get burned off. And something tells me in the 20 years after, 18, 20 years after episode three, uh, his dick was the least of his concerns. There's no coming back to the light side after that. You wake up in that in the machine, you just reach for the nearest living thing and kill it. That's why he was crushing those medical droids when he woke up. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um. Yeah, I think I think Obi-Wan wins. I think if you took episode three Obi-Wan and put him against uh, episode four Darth Vader, Obi-Wan wins. You see what I'm saying? Darth Vader in the suit versus episode three Obi-Wan. What do you think about that? Darth Vader in the suit versus episode three Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, you know, mops the floor with him. Right. I mean, he. let's say this. Oh, it might cost Obi-Wan his life, but he would be victorious. And maybe it's just because, see, this is the thing. Goose is, Goose is really taking a, a shot at me here, at both of us, because we are Obi-Wan fanboys. Obi-Wan's one of, in my top five or three Star Wars characters, right? Oh, so yeah. It makes me wonder, like, do, okay, do you feel like Vader beat... Obi-Wan in episode four or do you feel like Obi-Wan sacrificed himself to allow Luke and the rest of them to escape um that's difficult because I have thought a lot about why Obi-Wan did what he did and I I have trouble coming back to it because if Obi-Wan is that powerful 
you know, he could have gotten away. Right. And Luke needs more training. Like Luke is not as trained as he needs to be like. Right. But maybe it's just, you know, Obi-Wan is so powerful and he has spent so much time in communion with the force that he trusts its will and knows that, you know, his time is up. Like this is his end. The, the most he can do is mess with Vader, you know, in inviting his time to get them off the ship. So, yeah, I do believe Obi-Wan probably sacrificed his life to get them off, but I don't think that was the main point. You know so, what I mean? Like, I, I, I think he could have done that without, you know, sacrificing himself. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think, I agree with you. I think that, there was probably a way Obi-Wan could have done that, but I think that was his intention. Like, I think he went looking for, like, feeling Vader's presence on the Death Star, Vader feeling his presence on the Death Star. He was like, if I just, like, if Vader goes after them, if he goes after Luke and Han and Chewie and Leia and the Millennium Falcon, they're probably toast. But this dude hates me so much that I can distract him. You know what I mean? And right. buy them some time to get off the the Death Star. Because, you know, he goes and turns off the um, tractor beam and ship. And I think, you know, Obi-Wan knows, like he says, if you strike me down, I'll become more po- powerful than you can possibly imagine. He knows that he can still be there for Luke. He knows that he can send Luke to Yoda and things like that. So I don't think... Yeah, I, I kind of do feel like that's in that moment. That's what Obi Wan is thinking: distract Vader, have Vader focus his hate on Obi Wan. So maybe even I mean, obviously this wasn't the case when A New Hope was written or filmed. But in looking back on it, if you want, uh, I see you can or even sort of say like. I'm going to distract him from this kid so hopefully he doesn't realize that's his son. Right. right Obviously right. that's not the like I said intention when they filmed it or but wrote compelling. it. Compelling. But compelling to think about. <laughs> given the breadth of the canon and what we know now, you could even maybe say that. So we got two more emails. We got one from Neil and we got one from Jacoby. And then we'll be caught up. This one is from Neil. Um, and this is our buddy that was having problems with his podcatcher. <clears throat> he says, so currently, I currently play for Netflix and Amazon Prime. This is from our, I guess, our, our streaming discussion we had. And, and I have to say there needs to be regular content available all the time or you quickly make a mental cost benefit and pause or cancel your subscription. There's other content like old shows Loki TV films, but once that runs out, they need to gear up their new content or people will drift off and the streaming service is all about keeping you there. So in short, I think they will serialize all of the content, perhaps weekly, to keep you coming back, but that means more and more content. Great podcast, guys. Looks like I just can't fast forward or rewind, which is a pain. Sorry, buddy. Kneel out. Need my will cooking fix. Um... Yeah, as much as I would love to be able to like binge any of these Marvel or Star Wars series we're going to be getting on Disney+, Plus, I think they're going to go the weekly release route, at least for a while. Maybe once in a few years, once they have like 
closer to a Netflix level of content, then they could start doing the binging thing. But for a while, I think they're going to want to try and keep people subscribed as long as possible. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, man. Oh, dude, I forgot to bring up so much stuff today. Uh, Fanthatrax, which is a excellent Star Wars fan site, they they um and uh, put out production names, okay, for two new Star Wars productions that were registered in the UK. The first one was called Series Three, which, come on, that's pretty obvious. It's the third TV series, so it's whatever they're going to end up announcing. Uh, you know, for after Cassian. And right. in the article, they say they expect that to be announced at Celebration. <sighs> Come on, Kenobi. At this point, it seems like all things are pointing to it to be Kenobi, you know? And yeah. they, the other one, I believe, was E and E Productions, which they say they understand to be the first movie in the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Okay. So that's cool. You know, nothing huge, cool. but. It's neat to hear, like, things are in motion. These things are in production. Yeah. That things aren't in development <laughs> hell, as we like to call it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited to see where they go with this Star Wars Disney Plus stuff. Like, what I'm hoping is m The Mandalorian is sort of their ongoing series where we get a few seasons of that, and then we also get limited series like Cassian or Obi-Wan Kenobi or um, the Knights of Ren or Captain Phasma or Rogue Squadron. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that would be pretty ideal. And I hope on the Marvel side of things that they do, uh, they have some sort of a continuous series and then as well as like limited series like the Scarlet Witch or uh, Loki or, you know, whatever the ones are that are being sort of bandied about for that. Right. All right. We got one more email. And this is from our buddy Jacoby. Hello there, Halls and Well. Jacoby here. Hope the two of you are well and had a good week. I was going to call in this week, but I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to word my thoughts. So I took my time and decided to write an email. This might be a little long, and I apologize in advance for that. The other night, I was drinking some homemade Boilermakers and watching The Last Jedi again. God, I love that movie. While watching it, something Kylo said made me start to think. After the Snoke and the Praetorian Guards are defeated, Rey is convinced Ben has turned back to the light. And we get one of the best scenes in the saga. Ben delivers his It's Time to Let Go to let old things die monologue to which Ray heartbrokenly says, don't do this, Ben, please don't go this way. And the way Adam drivers delivers the next line. No, no, you're still holding on. Let's let go. Gives me chills every time. That is an excellent, like scene it is. and delivery by Adam driver. Yeah. But I started thinking, what is Ben's in game here? What goal is he now trying to reach by him? His, himself as the new supreme leader one major difference between the jedi and the sith i believe is when it comes to understanding the force the sith desire to possess dominate seize control or hold on to try to live forever 
the Jedi have taught to let go. Old Ben several times told Luke to let go. During the trench run, in Luke's head, he hears Obi-Wan say, let go, Luke. Qui-Gon, when instructing, instructing Anakin before the pod race, told him, in a sense, let go, when he fe- instructs him, don't think, feel, trust your instincts. Mother, among other instances of the Jedi teachings to let go, our favorite Jedi masters, sorry, Master Cockhead, let go and become one with the Force. So what is Ben's mindset? What is this new order he has in mind, and what are the principles he wants to uphold? What will he teach? I know he's taking the whole let go concept to an extreme, but it's one of the most Jedi-like things this character has said. I know this is probably something that won't be addressed in Episode 9, but I'd like to imagine a 10-year or better jump forward to where Supreme Leader Ren now has an army of his brand of Force wielders with his new teachings going to war against Rey's new brand of Jedi. Other than one being fueled by the power of the dark side and the other being in harmony with the light, how different would they be based on their principles? Kylo is no Sith, and Rey may define the new Jedi. I know it's very fan fiction, but I can't stop thinking about what Kylo Ren's endgame is and what possible futures there are when he is so powerfully delivers the line, you're still holding on, let go. I hope that all made sense, and I'm very interested to see what you guys think. Thanks for taking time to read this if you guys did. Love you guys, and I hope all continues to go well for you too. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other, your friend, Jacoby. P.S. The only edit I would add to The Last Jedi, in the moment before Luke becomes one with the Force, we hear Obi-Wan softly say through the Force, let go, Luke, and then he fades away. It's here in my mind when I see that scene, and it breaks me in the best possible way. <coughs> Dude, that would have been that would have been pretty cool. You know what that, that P.S. reminds me of is that uh, artwork, that fan art that you sent me. Yeah. It's Luke becoming one with the Force, and it's like, Anakin, the force ghost of Luke, Anakin, and Yoda. Yoda behind him, like pulling like him catching in. Catching him. Yeah. yeah. Really good stuff. <clears throat> that was good stuff. So I don't really. As far as Kylo's end game. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Me too, because I don't really know what it is either. Okay. And if we come back to the let go, uh, Kylo very specifically has latched on to this let go of the past. And I don't when the Jedi say let go, I don't think that's what they're saying let go of. Like no. They're telling you to let go of your attachment. Your attachment. Let go of control. Mm-hmm. Like Trust feel in the, force. the force. Like let go of your control of the situation and surrender to the, the flow of the, the living force. Um you know, that's what they're talking about, let go. Uh uh, yeah, Kylo, I think, has very much focused on the past, let go of the past, because he has not let go of his attachment. I mean, he is quite clearly holding on attached to this empire. He wants to control and run this empire. He wants to rule the galaxy. And now I'm not sure. And when he tells Ray, you know, you know, I, mean, I know who I am. You know, I'm a monster. Like, you know, I don't know if he really believes that or if he's still trying to find himself. And that's what I'm anxious to see about episode nine, whether he really believes he's a monster and he is a monster or whether he's just, you know, he's holding, he's holding on to to shit and not letting go. Right. Yeah. I don't see the thing about Kylo. That's 
always stuck in my mind is in the force awakens when he's talking to the Darth Vader helmet, he says, I'll finish what you started. And what does he mean by that? Does he, you know, does he mean bringing order to the galaxy, building an empire? Yeah. Under like an evil fucking empire, like bringing quote unquote order that way through oppression and, and conquering, or is it to, wipe out the Jedi. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's, it, that may be part of it. Like maybe that's part of it because the only way he can truly bring order and seize control of the galaxy is if there are no Jedi to oppose him, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I think, and and one of the things that like Adam Driver always says in interviews about Star Wars and it was like one of the things that they really sort of like zeroed in on in the promotion for The Force Awakens especially and I feel like they did with The Last Jedi as well is that what makes an interesting villain and what makes Kylo interesting is that he thinks what he's doing is right. Like in his head he's doing the right thing. Like that kind of villain is definitely more interesting than like just a villain that's evil for evil's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he feels something about what he's doing. He feels is right. I just don't know exactly what that is. Right. I'm curious about his motivations because I have no idea what they are. And it would be cool. It would be cool if there was a longer time jump in between eight and nine where we could see how the first order evolves under Kylo's rule and how Ray evolves as a Jedi. Now it looks like it's only going to be about a year in between eight and nine, which is fine, but it would be cool to see like, because within a year, I'm sure you can see, you'll, you'll be able to see some sort of change within the first order, but I think it would have been more profound if it had been longer, you know, like, Kylo had been in charge longer than just a year. Um, yeah, I, I there's there's like rumors out there about there being some sort of MacGuffin in Episode Nine, right? Um, oh yeah. And there's no information on what that MacGuffin is. I mean, it would take place of a super weapon. Um, but I wonder if the MacGuffin in some way will give us insight into what Kylo's looking for. And the other thing is, is I don't know that when Kylo is saying that whole let go thing, it's hard for me personally to discern what is Kylo being earnest and what is Kylo just trying to manipulate Ray to join him. Right. You know, right. Right. In that moment, because you know, I have no idea what his true motivation is because I feel like he's so manipulative. Right. And it's it's even though he's not technically a Sith, it's a very Sith approach to be like, join me and we will, you know, it's the classic Vader. And together we, we will rule, rule the galaxy, galaxy, you know. So I think I think ultimately that's what Kylo wants. He wants power and why he wants to let go of the past is because. To him, the past sort of represents his failures and disappointing his family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, disappointing his mom, killing his dad, destroying the Jedi Order and killing his classmates. 
Like, I think that's why he wants to let go. And I think he's telling Ray she needs to let go of her obsession with her family because he feels like it's holding her back from power, from attaining her true level of power because she's so focused on her family that's not coming back, you know? Right, right. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Thanks for uh, fucking weathering the strep throat to record. Yeah, man, I'm sorry I coughed through this whole thing. Man, I cannot... <sighs> Uh, I cannot begrudge you that because I've done the same thing and I can't even blame it on strep throat. <laughs> so guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can get them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. It really helps us out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Who knows? Who knows what Star Wars surprises or things I forgot to bring up this week? Because I just sitting here, I feel like I forgot to talk about something. But anyways, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>